Welcome to Momentum, a podcast produced by your coalition, connecting advocates from across the state. I am your host, Nora Mosby, a member services specialist at the Missouri Coalition Against Domestic and Sexual Violence. Hello, and welcome to Momentum. My name is Nora Mosby, and I am a member services specialist at the Missouri Coalition Against Domestic and Sexual Violence, and you are listening to Momentum. Momentum is a monthly podcast that we host at the coalition to connect advocates from across the state. This month, we have a special feature happening with Momentum, where we're offering an additional mini episode. We're calling it a mini-sode. And this is the chance for us to talk to you all about the National Sexual Assault Conference that we just attended in late August. So today I am joined by Karina Merritt. She is a survivor outreach specialist from the YWCA in St. Joe. And I am also joined by Kara Jones. She's my fantastic coworker and a member services specialist at the Missouri Coalition Against Domestic and Sexual Violence. So welcome, Karina and Kara. I'm so happy to have you both on the podcast. Thank um, you. Glad to be here. Yeah. As we're getting started, could you all tell the listeners a little bit about what you do at the organizations that you work for? Karina, would you like to start? Sure. So at the YWCA as a survivor outreach specialist, um, I'm basically an advocate for everybody outside of our sh- our shelter and transitional housing uh, that we have here. So anybody in the community that needs any type of help, um, with domestic violence or sexual assault, they can contact me. And my job is to help give them resources, support. Um, I help with ex parte filing and go to court with uh, some of those clients. I do hospital advocacy um, with uh, SANE nurses. Um, I also do six different support groups here um, and just help out wherever wherever I can. So Wonderful. Well, thanks for all your hard work in St. Joe, Karina. I really appreciate it. Kara, would you like to go next? I I don't know how to follow that up. Karina's just all, <laughs> always busy. Um, but I am a member services specialist here at the Missouri Coalition Against Domestic and Sexual Violence. And so um, I am the member services specialist for the Central and the Northwest region. Um, so what member services specialist does is we provide technical assistance for um, our statewide member programs. Um, we would not exist without our member programs. And so we provide um, technical assistance. We provide training. Um, we provide alliance building opportunities, um, we provide research, and um, so we are just here uh, to do all the things um, with and for our members. Wonderful. Well, thanks for that brief ex- explanation of your backgrounds. Um, the three of us were all together last month in San Francisco for the National Sexual Assault Conference. Um, for anyone who's maybe not familiar with, with the conference, how would you describe it in just a nutshell? Um, I, first of all, it was massive. Um, it was probably the first conference I've been to that's had just so there was over 2000 people there. Um, and it was just very empowering. Um, the whole thing was, was really based around, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, uh, prevention, um, thinking outside the box. And it was just, um, really fascinating just to see it from all over, you know, the United States, the different things people are doing and the different approaches they have. And all the information that was put out there is just really interesting. And I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, I agree. I think there's just some kind of, there's so much power in being able to be together with people who care passionately about supporting survivors of sexual assault. It was just kind of a, 
a feeling in the air that meant so much. Um, Kara, anything you wanted to say about how you would describe INSEC? It definitely was just like this empowering feeling. You were with your people, um, you know, all these people, because sometimes I think in our work, it's like, I don't really know how to talk about what I do with people who don't do what I do. Um, and so I think anybody in that room, and I mean, there were a lot of people, 2000 attendees, um, and it, you could have talked about what you do with any of them. And um, I think there was just this feeling and this like, um, kind of a, a vibe in the air of, uh, you know, challenging yourself to, um, you know, do all the latest and greatest and the best for survivors. And I think that's kind of what the whole gist of the conference was. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing I thought was really cool, I just want to add, is I think about like sometimes people think um, it's hard to get assistance with domestic violence, you know, or there's not a lot of people out there that care, you know, and to sit in those rooms with all those advocates that their sole job at work is to be there for survivors and to help them and, and passionately help them however they can. That was just empowering in itself. It was just like, look at all these people. People do care about you. People do want to help you, you know. Um, I thought that was really empowering. Yeah, I definitely came back energized um, and thinking about everything I'd learned, everyone I met, and how I could use it here in Missouri to support survivors mm -hmm. of sexual assault. Absolutely. So we've had a couple of weeks to kind of think about our experience um, in San Francisco at the National Sexual Assault Conference. Any takeaways that you'd like to share with our listeners um, as you think about our time there? Um. Just that there's lots of work to do still and um that um we really do have to think outside the box um and sometimes you have to um do things a little bit differently to get change or um to um make progress so i think that was the biggest thing for me is coming from a more rural area that that uh diversity that you see in bigger cities we don't see here as much but um when we do see it, I feel like I got tools there that I can use to really help um, those people that, that need assistance. Yeah, absolutely. Kara, any takeaways that you'd like to talk about? I think the two for me that really stand out um, is the inclusion um, just around the board. You could really feel how inclusive they made everything feel. Um, it services and um, just the programs and the sessions um, and also um, prevention was a huge track, mm -hmm. a huge thing. Um, it's up and coming. Like we're really starting to talk about prevention, um, which is, you know, a, a direction like we haven't gone before. So that's really encouraging to hear. Yeah. And so promising to think about the opportunities for doing prevention work here in Missouri as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so Karina kind of mentioned that the conference was divided into different tracks and there was prevention tracks, the reproductive, reproductive justice track. Um, there were tracks. I think there were 114 of them that you could choose to go to over the oh whole thing. It was, there were some tough decisions that we all had to make. So within those tracks, there was sessions that were offered and it was very challenging because all of the sessions brought so much to the table. And honestly, I wanted to go to every single session, um, mm -hmm. but we did have to make some hard choices and we did have to go to just one session for each time slot. Um, so as you think back over the sessions that you were able to attend, is there anything that you think would be particularly helpful to your work? Um, so one of the sessions um, I attended, uh, I can't remember the exact title of it, but it, the Uber was there and their partner with the company called Valor, whose mission is uh, safe spaces for, uh, for, for survivors. 
And um, they really pushed about using those resources outside of your organization, getting with those big corporate companies and, you know, really pushing them to, in essence, put their money where their mouth is, you know, um, there, there is money out there. There's just relationships to be made. So it really encouraged me to look at outside of my organization of what I can do to try to help bring more assistance to us. Yeah, absolutely. And we know that transportation is an issue um, in urban areas, but especially in rural areas in Missouri. So if we can think creatively about partnering with maybe alternative ways to connect survivors with transportation, such as Uber, that can really be a benefit to the survivors we're serving. Yes. And the way it works is Uber's partnered with Valor and they have a system where if a survivor needs to get out of a situation and get to a safe place, they can call Uber and Uber will give them that ride for free and help them. So it's a great thing that, that's happening and there needs to be a lot more of that type of uh, relationships being made um, across the board. So I agree. Any sessions you wanted to mention, Kara? Um, they were all so good. Um, and they were really difficult to choose from. Um, I really enjoyed, um, there was one that I went to, um, that talked about human trafficking and they really went into, um, like the history of human trafficking. Um, and I really appreciated that because I think with a lot, um, of the work that we do, uh, we kind of miss that history piece and it's really important. And that was talked about a lot, um, during the conference too, is like making amends, um, and really getting to the roots of um, why we're doing this work. And it's not just something that kind of developed when, um, you know, VAWA started or we started getting like federal funding. Um, it goes back a lot further than that. And so that, that was a session I really enjoyed. Ugh, you are speaking my language, Carol. I love talking and thinking and learning about the history of this movement because we have so much that we can gain when we think about how far we've come um, in terms of how far we will continue to go. So I love that history piece. And we know um, we are a dual coalition. We are made up of primary purpose, domestic and sexual violence advocacy organizations, but we are serving, there's so much out overlap there. We are serving so many survivors of human trafficking. And so these are not siloed issues. And so it's very relevant to our work too. Um, any other sessions you all thought might be really helpful for the work that you're doing um, at your organizations? I went to one, uh, it's utilizing indigenous values for healing and wellness. And it was just the funnest one that I went to. Um, so it was, it, I think because it was outside the box and different than the rest of them I went, in, I went to, um, but the uh, presenter had us all walk around, dance around the room to different music. And then um, after 30 seconds or so, we would stop in groups and form groups of four every time you would have a new group. And uh, she just gave different icebreaker prompt questions um, that were really eye-opening to hear different people's opinions, to see their viewpoints of things. Um, I think what I got from that was that, um, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. And there really is value in listening to everybody's opinion and what everybody has to say. Um, you know, don't shut out somebody just because so-and-so says that, you know, they don't know what they're talking about or whatever. You can really get a lot of information, um, to widen your options, I think, if you if you think outside the box. Yeah, I caught the tail end of that session. I snuck out of another session into that one. And it was um, hosted, facilitated by Nicole Matthews, who's the executive director of the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. And she's just such a wealth of information, so much insight. And I really enjoyed the little bit of that session that I got to catch too. Karen, did you happen to have a favorite session that you wanted to mention? 
Yes, I did. I really liked the, um, it was a engaging men through an intersectional lens. And um, it was um, from the folks at A Call to Men. Um, and they really talked about uh, reframing how um, we raise our men um, and changing, they call it the man box and stepping outside of the man box and um, stepping outside of these traditional norms. Um, they have a curriculum called Live Respect, and it is um, geared towards um, like the 12 to 19 um, age group and just um, establishing healthy relationships, um, but also giving um, younger boys um, those you know, be okay, like it's okay to feel, it's okay um, to not be okay. And we haven't always done that. Uh, and again, that's with that prevention piece. And it was really encouraging to hear uh, a program, um, you know, say we need more programs for young boys. And that just made so much sense when you said that. It's just such a simple concept. Um, but one, you know, we haven't really seen, like stepping outside the man box, like um, we don't need like boys to be aggressive and to tell our boys that they can't cry. Um, and, you know, healthy boys become healthy men. And that's, you know, gonna just make the world better. Ah, I love that. Yeah. And you're so, I mean, as we're talking, I think you're really making the point very clear about how focused this conference was about um, promoting equity and inclusion and really kind of a call to action that we all have a role to play when it comes to responding to survivors of sexual assault, to preventing sexual assaults, to changing our culture and making sure that these things never happen again in the first place. Um, and so I think that's just so inspiring again to think about. Um, in addition to the sessions that we went to at the conference, there was some kind of after conference activities. And one of those was a tour of the Cameron House by the Asian Women's Shelter. So we all joined each other um, and the Asian Women's Shelter on what turned out to be quite a hefty <laughs> hike to the Cameron House from uh, where our conference was located at. So um, any thoughts about how that shelter tour was or anything you want to that? <laughs> San Francisco, on that. <laughs> San Francisco Hills are, um, they are real. Um, but it was really, um, it was so cool just to see um, a facility um, that is still like, there's so much history there. Um, you know, they talked about the um, earthquake that happened in 1906. And there are remnants like they, um, the original building was destroyed in a fire and so they had to rebuild it and um, like there's just so much history and it goes back to, um, you know, they were talking about how like women were trafficked and, um, you know, so it was just so incredible to hear about, um, you know, the, just the history of the movement and the history of what that organization does. Um, and to me, you know, we got to see some of the kiddos that were being picked up from their after school program. Um, and it's just really cool. And um, I think just really um, it was a really cool and special feeling. Like after we battled all the hills, it was totally worth it. We caught our breath and then we really got to enjoy the tour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, it was really special to me too. I worked in the St. Louis region for a number of years and about 15 years ago, we had representatives from the Asian women's shelter come to St. Louis and talk to us about their multi-language access project. And because of their training, their inspiration, we started a multi-language access project in St. Louis. So it was really meaningful for me to get to visit kind of where that all started. And so it's pretty exciting. 
Um, in addition to uh, the tour on the second night, um, there was a listening session about the national plan to end gender-based violence. Karina, I know you were able to participate in that listening session. Any thoughts or takeaways that you had after that? Yes, I did. Um, so what they, uh, basically, it was a panel. Um, I cannot say exactly every organization that had a representative, but we did have people from the White House. We had people from the CDC there. It was a chance for them to basically listen to us. Um, it wasn't a lot of their talking. Um, they were looking for input for people that had had a chance to um, read the details to the plan, um, come forward and say what they think is going to work, isn't going to work, what needs to be added, uh, those kind of things. Um, they pitched it on seven pillars that they're that they're basing it around, which are uh, prevention, support, healing, safety, and well-being, being economic security, housing stability online safety, legal and justice systems, emergency preparedness and crisis response and research and data. So those are the seven pillars that they're forming. Um, they're forming this uh, this plan under for the uh, uh, gender based to end gender based violence. Um, there's strategic actions that they're using. And um, I heard a lot of really good um, valid arguments, things, uh, a lot of very passionate things that people were saying. Um, you had starting out like two minutes to go up there and say your piece. And there were so many people that had stuff to say by the end of it. I think it was like 75 seconds that you had. Um, I did not read the plan. Um, so I did not uh, go up there to say anything. However, uh, I did notice um, at the end of it all, two key things that were not talked about that were um, really surprising to me, um, which I did go up to the White House representative afterwards and speak to her. One was um, our whole conference was very based on prevention, um, but nobody talked about like early educate, early childhood education, early prevention. I really think it's important, even though um, society doesn't like to talk about these things, especially to our young children, they need to be made aware of certain things in an age appropriate way. And um, I feel that if we could start teaching them at an early age and printing it in their minds when they're sponges and they're, and they're still growing, um, some of the things that get encountered in, you know, older adolescents, teenagers, and even college age um, might be able to be prevented because these kids would be educated on the things. Um, they would see the signs that are out there. So I was surprised there was nothing in there about that. And I was also surprised um, the elephant in the room, nobody talked about mental health. You know, 95% of what we do is because of mental health. Um, and if they don't do more to create access and affordability for mental health, um, it really just makes us spin our wheels with what we're doing. Um, there needs to be a collaboration of um, several different things coming together, but that is a key piece of the puzzle that is not getting addressed. So those are the two takeaways that I had from it. So, Well, thanks for sharing those, Karina. Um, and for our listeners who are interested, I will link that um, action plan in our show notes. So you can check that out for yourselves as well. But just nice to have an opportunity to kind of voice our perspective here in Missouri about what we think our priorities are um, to the national action plan. So I think it was it. nice too, that they had a panel to actually listen to us, you know, like uh, some, some movements don't get that opportunity to at least give their voice. And they at least gave us that opportunity, which I thought was a really cool thing. Yeah, absolutely. So as we're winding down our conversation about the National Sexual Assault Conference, anything else that you wanted to share or anything else that comes to mind that you wanted to talk about with our conversation today? Um, just that there's just lots of work to still be done. 
And, and the, this is a we problem. It is not an individual problem, which is what society wants us to believe. And until people start speaking out more, um, being a resource for people more, helping people get to resources, um, this terrible thing that keeps happening to people out there will keep happening. You know, um, we all need to get together and um, really work to end this violence. It's just, it's unnecessary. There's no reason for it. I agree. Like I absolutely left feeling like there's so much work to be done, but I also left feeling like we are not alone in doing this. We, we are absolutely not other at our own organizations and we're connected to each other as a movement in the state of Missouri, but it was just so inspiring to go and be with 2000 other people who are working across the country um, to support survivors. And so even though there's so much work to be done, we are working in collaboration with so many others in this movement. We're not alone in our fight. That's the, that's the big takeaway. Absolutely. Kara, anything else that you wanted to talk about? No, I think you guys hit it all. I think, you know, in comparison, 2000 people, it feel it, it was a lot. It was so many people there, but, you know, in comparison, those were just people at the conference. So when you compare that to, I mean, there was just a handful of us from Missouri. And so how many advocates do we have in Missouri? I mean, it, it is something that we can't accomplish. Um, and I think just um, raising that awareness and doing what we do on a, on a daily basis. Um, we are so lucky in Missouri that our advocates are doing amazing things day in and day out. And it is absolutely something that can we can achieve um, together. And so, yeah, leaving there felt like something that, yes, it is this huge problem, but we can chip away, you know, each and every day. And it's something that we can attain. Absolutely. Well, as we're winding down our conversation, um, Karina, do you have any other updates from the YWCA or anything you want to share about Domestic Violence Awareness Month coming up? Um, well, we're gearing up for Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Uh, we have, uh, you know, the 16th through the 20th is Week Without Violence, and we are jam-packed with activities. Um, that Monday, the 16th, we uh, do an event called Take Back the Night, um, where we just, um, we usually bring in um, a victim, somebody from law enforcement, somebody comes and speaks on domestic violence or tells their story, but it's a time to honor those that have lost their life and, and are still battling with it. And we also give out the Mary Jolly Award, which is an award to a volunteer um, in our area that that is really uh, went above and beyond for domestic violence survivors. So we do that. That's really fun. Um, there's a simulation that some of you may have heard of called In Her Shoes. Um, it puts uh, the participant um, in the shoes of a domestic violence uh, victim and just lets them walk through different case scenarios to decide and make decisions as if they were a domestic violence victim. And it really opens their eyes up to why people don't get out of the situation or just the challenges that they um, have to come up against. And so we are doing that on Tuesday all day long and providing that to different organizations in our community. Um, Wednesday, we're having a pet protection play date at our local dog park and somebody speaking on pets as support animals. Um, Thursday is all day wear purple. Um, we're making stickers that say, ask me who I wear purple for. And then we're going to have placards that people can fill out and write grandma, aunt, or a first name of somebody they know, you know, of course, no last names, but just a, a chance to give those people a moment to honor them and what they've been through. And so we have organizations that will be participating in that. And then the biggest takeaway from it is that Friday, 
we're having our first annual um, community outreach fair where we're bringing in all of the different uh, resource organizations in town to one facility where the community can come and walk around and see what resources are actually out there for them. And then we're going to do a memorial walk after that. It's going to be a glow walk. So just a lot of exciting things going on for us. Yeah, holy cow, that is a lot of exciting things. Well, best wishes to you on all of those um, events in St. Joe. And I just want to thank you so much for your time today, Karina, for coming, joining us on Momentum and talking about your experience at the National Sexual Assault Conference. And you as well, Kara, thank you so much. And thank you to our listeners. And with that, we will see you next month. Thank you for joining us. This was a recorded conversation now available in video and podcast formats. A video recording of the webcast is available on the MOCADSV YouTube channel, and you can also stream all of our Momentum episodes on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to seeing you next month.